Film School Podcast. It's your boy Jonathan Macri um, back here to recap another game. And, um, well, it's been a while since we've had a win. And there wasn't a win tonight, but we got the next best thing to a win. And that is Jeremy Cohen to talk about the game. Jeremy, how are you? Good. I was looking for a win, and it just didn't happen. But I feel like you could say that about, what, the last 13 games before them? I thought, like, I don't – I didn't actually think they were going to win against the Grizzlies. Before that was the Celtics, no. Mavs, no. The Hornets game, I feel like they were – were they in the Hornets game, or am I imagining that? It was at it was at Charlotte. I feel like I mean they were in uh, it. they were they were in it for a bit and then the fourth quarter the Hornets just absolutely pulled away. Yes, that's right. Um, this is the most I've felt like they were going to get a win since the Rockets game. Like when they when they were down when uh, I guess Dotson hit his the one shot he hit all game um, to pull them. I think that was to pull them within three right in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I. Um, felt like they're gonna they're gonna pull this fucking game out, and um, then they didn't because they are the worst shooting team in the league, and apparently playing against the second worst shooting team in the league wasn't good enough to to get the victory tonight. Um, what was uh, yeah? What was your overall impression of of the game? Uh, just I mean I thought they were gonna get blown out just based on the first quarter alone, and I was really happy to see that they tighten things up as the game went along. Uh, I believe it was uh, 30, 42, it was 42 points, right, that they let up in the second quarter, second half? Uh, I'm going to uh, double check it right now. Yes, they gave up 40. So after giving up 36 points in the first quarter, they gave up uh, 42 in the entire second half. So, yeah, 63 in the first half, 42 in the second half. Yeah, so the 42, I mean, the Pistons are the 28th team overall in points per game in the second half. So when you look at it, you think, ah, oh, well, they're not too great in the second half. Anyway, but the fact that this ragtag team was able to hold them to 42, I think that's progress. I think we're we're seeing something in the right direction. It's not 110 points. It's, <laughs> uh, it's just such an anemic offense to the point where you you just, yeah, as you said it, I mean, you want to cry. It's that painful to watch. Sometimes. Oh no, I, I did. I did very much want to cry um, when they kept missing all of those shots. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I know I want to make this a short pod, so I don't want to spend a long time on this. But like, so we just spent a few minutes talking about the defense and how that was encouraging. I think I feel like from now on, when we do these, we should at least spend like a minute or so each one. If we talk about like a big picture thing, as like, if you talk about players, that's one thing because it's like an mm-hmm. individual player. But if you talk about something like defense, I think we should spend like a second talking about like, well, does that even matter? Like, because there are things that you're looking for, like trends and like, you know, bigger picture um, aspects of the game and whatnot. And to me, like, 
yeah, there's a very real possibility that, you know, four guys from this team are going to be back next year. But, like, I don't know. If they finish from here on, like, I just looked it up and the statistics aren't updated yet after this game. But, like, over the last seven games, the Knicks have been 20th in defensive rating. So, basically, ever since that OKC um, semi-disaster. Which is like, all right, 20th obviously is not good, but compared to what they are, like, that's an improvement. To me, that matters. And, like, to me, even going forward, like, if they could go from here into the end of the season and, like, you know, somewhere in the low teens, like, that should that matter to us? It absolutely should. Especially, I mean, we are of the belief, you and I, that this draft pick, if everything goes well, will not play a second for next year's team. Yes. So if you look at it that way, you're going to want to be more focused on cohesion and bringing it together. I get it. You want to have the highest pick possible. Uh, the odds are still flatlined at 14% of the top three. So it's really, okay, well, is, would this win have dropped them to third and then possibly seventh? Sure, but they still have a 14% chance of the number one overall pick, and I'd rather have success for the players who will be here going forward than a possibility of a player who simply may not be here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. And, like, so my big picture takeaway, the thing I'll remember from this game, is, like, the, the sight of Dennis Smith Jr., and we could transition to talking about him, just repeatedly getting down into the lane um, and kicking out to open corner three-point shooters, who, of course, missed all of those shots. But <laughs> as the Knicks are dead last in the league at corner threes, you know, I think it's not too hard to see a correlation between the fact that they, they just, even Moutier, like, well, I guess maybe that's the question to ask. Moutier gets into the lane or has gotten into the lane, but he doesn't either. He doesn't make those passes or uh, what was the difference for you tonight? Seeing all those kickouts um, from Smith Jr. It's sort of that the eye test really takes precedent to the box score yeah, because that's well said. I mean, you could look at the fact that he scored 25 points on 25 shots. It doesn't, or the fact that he has six assists, and I still feel like that doesn't fully encapsulate what he was able to do in terms of oh, doing yeah. exactly what Fizz has or wanted to do in Memphis, which was just drive and kick, uh, make layups, and his layups have been much better this season. Um, MSG posted a stat that said on drives he was shooting 50% versus last season, which was 40%, and his pull-up numbers are great too or at least certainly better, and his catch-and-shoot three-point numbers are higher as well. Yeah, they're, so, they're getting better. I thought the shot looked okay tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, shots don't fall. It happens. But I, I especially last game, I believe, when he kicked it out to Knox, and Knox had so much real estate that no one was even within 15 feet of touching him, sunk a three. It, I think these once these players uh, start to mature a bit and get a little bit better with their shot, it starts to look a lot prettier. Yeah, Knox especially. He's um, he was four of twelve tonight. I am afraid to look up what his shooting numbers are over the last uh, I don't know, maybe ten, fifteen games. I'm I'm sh quite sure they're even more atrocious than his season-long shooting numbers. Um, but you know, it happens because he's nineteen. Um, Mitch, let's talk about Mitchell Robinson real quick. So Mitchell Robinson played twenty-four minutes, six of seven from the field, had his second uh, ten rebound game of his career. And 13 points, which crazily enough is ties his career high. I like if you would have told me before tonight, like asked me like what was Mitch's career high, I would have been like, oh, he must have gotten close to 20 at some point. Nope, 13. Um, but it just 
he reminded you again that, and again, this is on the floor with like no plus shooters because the Knicks don't have plus shooters. He's able to like bend a defense at at his will um, if they don't account for him, which was like for a couple minutes stretch in the first half, it was like Lob City, um, appropriately enough with with uh, <laughs> DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin in the building. Um, are you? Here's the question I'm going to give you. Let's say the Knicks' dreams come true next year. Um, Durant, Kyrie, um, let's say Kevin Knox, and uh, insert your, whether it's Dotson, maybe they make a trade for a shooting guard, whatever. Uh, maybe J.J. Redick comes on the, the room exception. Are you? Do you think Mitchell Robinson could be a starting center for that team, or do you think he has still too far to go? I don't see why not. You know, maybe Clint Capella was a little bit more polished for that Rockets team last year just because he was a little bit further along and Mitchell Robinson hasn't been playing basketball nearly as long. But, you know, you the Warriors have shown you can plug in a guy who's just incredibly athletic and lanky and with uh, Kevon Looney. And then they, of course, have DeMarcus Cousins, who is an all-star in, in itself. But I don't think you have an issue with Robinson, especially if he can contain his foul limit. Because yeah. that's the biggest threat. No, a hundred. And just for a comparison, because everybody likes to compare Mitch to Capella. Capella's rookie year, he really like he didn't get off the bench for the first seventy games. He only played twelve games. I, I believe most of them came at the end of the year. And then he kind of had a role for that uh, 2014-15 Houston uh, playoff team. His second year, played in seventy-seven games, started thirty-five. 20 minutes a game, seven points, six and a half rebounds. Like I could, I could definitely see that stat line for Mitch next year. Now, is that going to be enough to start for a potentially, you know, very good team if if the summer goes as they want? Well, you know, we'll see, I guess. But man, he is uh, he's good. I'm excited. I want to see him and Smith and Knox and um, <laughs> ideally Frankie on the court all together moving forward. Uh, did anybody? I, those were the two guys that stood out for me tonight. Is there anybody else that we should touch on, talk about? What do you? I mean, there were some terrible performances. You want to? Yeah, talk? I was. I was gonna say Wes Matthews stood out to me, not in a positive way. No, you should say his first name with a lisp, like you just did. Wes Matthews. Matthews. Yes. Wes Matthews. That's what he was deserves not after tonight. A very good player tonight, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Why? Um, <laughs> because he couldn't shoot. Uh, no, he. Again, I think you touched on this in your post game, but this was a game where you really hoped that the 76ers yeah, management yeah. was watching their own game and not <laughs> watching the Knicks at, by any means. I think he gets bought out at this point. Well, uh, hold on. I want to push back on that a little bit because if – listen, it's been two games. He couldn't – Oh, couldn't I, yeah. I'm not basing off the, just these two games. I just think that the Sixers are really one of the few teams that can actually entertain a trade. Uh, it's just a matter of do they view – Wilson Chandler as more of an upgrade than Wes Matthews. And that you're right. That's the question because my my thing with this is that if he gets bought out, if you're Wes Matthews, why in God's name wouldn't you go to Golden State? Because that Golden State team, they'll, I think they would actually play him, um, mm -hmm. you know, 10, 15 minutes a game. So it's really a matter of like what you just said. Because I don't, I don't think the Sixers care about whatever the nominal asset that the Knicks would ask for. I think... You know, they would ask for – I'm sure they would ask for the – I think they have Chicago second this year. They're not going to get that. You know, Philly, you know, has so many future second-round picks. I don't think it's that much. I think it's a matter of like you just said, actually. 
is Wilson Chandler more valuable to them than Wes Matthews theoretically could be? And I don't know. Wes Matthews is, is a far better career three-point shooter than than Wilson Chandler, and in the playoffs, that's what really matters. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think I may have asked you this a couple weeks ago. Who do you think is the most likely guy to get traded now that we're two days before the trade deadline? On the next it has game? to be. It has to be Vonley. Still Vonley for you? Yeah. It's just because time. of his contract. It makes sense. It's so much easier to work than it is with someone like Cantor or Matthews or even DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what happens with him, I want you. I, I I'm all on the DeAndre. I mean, I I didn't love not seeing Cornette tonight, but listen, um, if there's one guy who you want to make happy uh, for the rest of this year, it's uh, noted Kevin Durant friend uh, DeAndre Jordan. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, Wes Wes was not great tonight. Um, just to touch on some of the other young guys, Dotson, like I said, one for seven, not great. Uh, Trier. 14 minutes, four points. Quiet game from Trier. We don't. It's weird. You don't usually f- say that about Trier. Like quiet game from him. Usually he makes his presence known in a good way or a bad way. Tonight he just kind of like blended in. I guess. I wonder if that was a function of playing most of his minutes with Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, that could have been it. I also, he only played 14 minutes, so yeah. he didn't really get the chance to make his presence known. But that's almost what um, a shot every two minutes. Uh. Yeah, actually, wow, I didn't even realize that. That's true. Um, did have three rebounds, though, so that's good. Um, okay. Um, you have not been on the program since Thursday. Uh, do you want to... What do you want to do? You want to do this like real world confessional style? Do you want to? You, you want me to like ask you a question about the trade? Do you want to just... You want to mouth off several expletives? Um, I don't <laughs> no, know. There, there are no expletives really to be had at this point. Um, Neither, not for me. I, you know, there's a part of me that's angry. There's a part of me that's angry. But I don't yeah. – I, I, I also – you know, the, here's the here's the terrible part and Knicks fans may not like this. I can't – I don't blame him. Um, I don't I, – I do and I don't. I know what you're saying though. You know, I mean, it's like, okay, uh, no, it's like, okay, I'm a Knicks fan. I believe the Knicks are going to get it right because if I don't believe the Knicks are going to get it right, then what the fuck am I doing with my life? What, you know, investing so deeply emotionally in this team and not that I could help it, but that's, that's the case. If you're an objective observer and you see the team, you know, yeah, sure. We could talk glowingly about what they've done since Perry came aboard and, and it's, that's all. I, I think nice. Um, but if you're him and you're looking at the track record under Dolan, it's like, okay, you, you want to play elsewhere? Like, am I going to really get like mad at you for that? No. But anyway, I, I sidetracked your, your floor. So please, uh, what are your, what are your feelings on, on things? Well, you know, last time I was on was right before the trade incidentally happened. And we were discussing how Porzingis's value is at its highest point as it would be. So you did say that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. The bottom line is he didn't want to be here for whatever reason. Uh, well, th- there's several reasons, I'm sure, but I just I don't really appreciate the way that he handled it. It didn't feel graceful, and I understand there may not be a graceful way of asking for your team to trade you. Maybe it's his brother, maybe it's not, but I just I get 
this, there's a really sense – he's very pompous in terms of what he's asking for, the demand that he goes to the Nets or the Clippers. Or it's, dude, you have a torn ACL. You have played fewer games every single season. Um, you're not you, – you were in one all-star game. You didn't even get to play it. You're not really in a position where you can dictate that. Uh, and Jonathan, I, I just want to test you here. So sure. uh, through all of basketball mm-hmm. – um, do you want to take a guess as to how many players, seven foot three and taller, played 492 games or more, which is the equivalent of six seasons? 492 games is six seasons? 82 times? Yeah, I guess it is. Okay, 48, yeah. Um, seven two or taller? Seven three or taller. Seven three or taller. So Kareem was listed at six two, right? I uh, hope he was bigger than six two. Not sorry, <laughs> yeah. I, you, know, you know what I mean. No, I, know. Seven, yeah, two. I, I believe he was about seven one seven two. Um, Mark wasn't not... Mark Eaton seven through listed at seven three or seven four. Seven, uh, very good. Uh, so eat was Eaton one of them. Eaton was one of them. You uh, don't have to list each of the players. It's no, just, no, I'm just I want to. If you want to, you're more than welcome. No, I'm just I'm thinking because there haven't been that many. Um, I have to think Sean Bradley. Correct. Um, I have. to... Do, uh, I don't think Manu, maybe Manu Bull played that many. I don't. I don't know Bull's career that well. That's correct. He was one. Okay, so Bull. Uh, oh, this is fun. Um, okay, so I just named three. I'm gonna go with uh, those three plus maybe two. I can't think of. So what? Five. Very good. Six. Six. Uh, who were the yeah. other three? Do you know? The other three were Rick Smiths, Lucas oh, Ogaskis, and Randy Brewer. Elgowskis El- was listed at 7-3? Yes, he was. Holy, R- Randy Brewer I've never heard of before, and I can't believe I forgot Smitzy. Wow, okay. But the, the point being, I mean, that's only six seasons. Six seasons, and these guys who are 7-3 have played more than that. Um, none of these guys lasted more than 11 seasons in the NBA. Yeah. So, and also, uh, there was a really interesting article that I read in the New York Times a while ago, and this was very applicable to Dennis Smith Jr., and this was before we found out that uh, DSJ actually has a second ACL on his knee, which was discovered upon tearing the first one, which is a, a rarity in itself. I, I'll be honest. I did not know that that was a thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. It is not common, but it does happen. Um, but the article in like the New York Times – a sixth toe. Pretty much. Or a yeah. second penis maybe. Maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. It was slanging all that wood. It's more wood this time. <laughs> That's what he meant by that. Yeah, That's exactly. What he it's, meant. A lot of, it's a lot of lumber there. Oh, slanging that wood in my pet. Okay, great. Anyway, we've we've sidetracked. So continue. So uh, the chance of getting arthritis within a decade of tearing a tendon or a ligament in the knee is greater than fifty percent. <sighs> Look. So, and granted, this is this is one thing from Harvard Medical School. This is not necessarily encompassing of every single person, but when you think about it, yeah, but it's Harvard. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's not Harvard. only is it Harvard, but this article is talking about an average Joe who tore his ACL and then didn't know that he had arthritis. We're talking about a professional athlete whose job <sighs> it is to run up and down the court. Yes. He's incredibly lanky. He's anemic. He can't put on weight. You Look. could talk about how the Knicks didn't surround him with win now talent. Uh, you could also argue that players Hold on. Draft- are you are you making an argument that he because of all this he was in no position to 
basically throw his weight around or are you saying all this because you're trying to make Knicks fans feel better about the fact that the guy isn't on the team anymore or both more the latter but I think the the first part is actually accurate as well to an extent just based on the fact that all right so he wanted to maximize his present and his future which the Knicks were prepared to do this summer so well and again we should say there's been some disputed reporting about that but to me this whole conversation about whether they actually were prepared to offer him the max or not is you, it's it's an unfair question to ask because again it goes and I look some people may say this is utter bullshit to me there is validity to asking the question of should you offer a max contract to someone who does not want to be here so unless you're telling me that they started to have hesitancy about the max before he started to have hesitancy about the organization which we know for a fact is not true it is an unfair question to ask about whether or not them hesitating to give him the max was like the cause of all this. Anyway, sorry, I had to no, just that's, get that's, that out. That's completely fair, especially because it's like you don't get married to someone if you have second thoughts about doing it. There's no reason to be engaged in that standpoint, and this is a this is a long term thing. This is likely going to be Porzingis's largest career based on the history of seven three players and greater, and also the fact that he has this ACL injury, which is why I call bullshit on the whole qualifying offer. I think that it didn't scare the Knicks. I think they it just reaffirmed that he didn't want to be there. And the Knicks thought, we don't want a guy who's not going to be here. Yeah, and, no, exactly. Could, could the whole, is he going to sign the qualifying offer? Would he sign a one plus one? It's, it, it's meaningless. It, if a person doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be there. Exactly. So um, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Well, uh, and I, I'm encouraged. Yeah. I'm I've come out of this oddly enough encouraged to and it's it's made me look in the mirror and ask myself um am I am I putting on my delusion glasses wouldn't it wouldn't it be great if they actually had glasses you could put on and you could become delusional about all the things that sucked in in life and the world um I think, I think they that's call called shrooms I, I was I was gonna say I think they call that scotch <laughs> uh no shrooms that's... probably works well so, yeah, I, no, I've had to ask myself that because I have come away from the last, uh, what has it been now, one, two, three, four, five, five and a half days, feeling like they played this, you know, as well as they could play it. Um, and obviously there's, there, look, there's, and I, I will I will say this for the umpteenth time, all the blame in the world goes to the fact that they even needed to dump these salaries to begin with. Yes. All the blame in the world goes to the fact that the organization hired um, a first-time president of basketball operations who alienated this guy, for starters, um, to begin with. 100%. All that being said, I just – I don't know, like, what else they were supposed to do. Because if you, like, I don't know, you're like me, you think into things probably too much, and you read all the little tea leaves, you read all the signs, did you ever get a sense that, at least since the exit interview thing, did you ever get a sense that this guy fucking wanted to be here? I I did. I I think, well, I think that a lot of us convinced ourselves that everything no, exactly. was okay. That's my point. A lot of us convinced ourselves. Yes. I convinced myself that he wanted to be here. In my heart of heart. Listen, I've had how many different beat reporters, 
um, other you know people who have been around the team, reported on the team, there is a reason that every single one of them that have come on this podcast, I have asked them. So it feels like there's something that's not being reported about Kristaps Porzingis. Can you give me something? Can you tell me something that I didn't know? Because I had a sense, and it's like I just I just had a sense, and and that's all. Yeah, and you know this is not the real world. It's very hard to compare this to anything that any person like us would go through but when you think about it um if you have a meeting with your boss and you don't show up that's not a good thing if you're supposed to be somewhere or your boss recommends that you are in this country and you fly to a different space because uh you claim that's where you'd prefer to be not great if you voice your concerns over your organization but in a way that is counterproductive not great if you say i want to refer this person to work for our company perfect but if you say yeah we need this person on board because of xyz no you can't do that and it's all these things that just added up and it's again it wasn't mark stein reported it's not and ian begley too this wasn't a spur of the moment thing they really thought about this they really labored over this, and no, I that, don't blame them. A hundred percent, and it's why the crazy thing is that I have come away from this feeling like if they had kept him, it would have been same old Knicks. And I know that's crazy to say, but that's... Him. I don't think it is. The relationship, whatever it was, eroded. And I'm sure that there could be an argument made that Phil being gone wasn't the root of all evil. That oh, I, I, no, keep... I don't think it was. I think he just, exactly. I, don't, I just don't think he thought that the organization was ever going to be competent enough to be successful. That's what I think he thought. And, and that's I, fine. But yeah. the idea of bad mouthing other free agents, which is allegedly what happened or, you know, whispers of don't come here. You're just shooting yourself in the foot. You're yeah. trying to validate yourself. And put down your team instead of looking for the right situation for you. And I, I still – I have it up on my browser. Um, I still haven't read it. Um, Mark Berman tonight um, around 9.30 came out with a piece on Giannis, KP's brother, um, the title of which is Kristaps Porzingis' brother wanted a bigger role with the Knicks. And it's like, like look, this shit – happens um around the nba he you know berman even mentions in the piece it's he says it's not uncommon for these types of jobs to be granted to a team superstar when carmelo anthony was a nick asani swan was on the knicks payroll with an official position director of play relations swan was anthony's longtime branding manager and worked solely with anthony um amari stoudemire's security man max kaird was named to the Knicks security staff soon after stoudemire signed um, when Anthony and Stoudemire moved on, so does Juan and Kayard. Um Giannis, to me, feels like a different type of cat. Um, and I'm not sure I blame the Knicks for as dysfunctional as they have been. I'm not sure I blame them for saying, you know what, we're good here. Um, we don't need your help. But, you know. Yeah, if you are against having a fox in the hen house... That's okay by me. I knew you were going to use that analogy. Yeah, well, that's exactly what it is. He's, I mean, you could call them snakes. You could, you know, do whatever you want. Um, 
But at the end of the day, it's he's really a fox. He's looking for any opportunity to get into what he wants to do. And kudos to him. He's leveraging the power that need be. But you also have to wonder the moment that Porzingis signs that contract, how much they're really going to care about listening to Janice. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Giannis or Janice? It's it, uh, I don't know. You know, I not mean, Janice is a little like I think of a Midwestern woman, so it's probably not Janice. Ooh, then Maybe let's it's Janice. Call it, then let's call him Janice. Um, That's fine. Also, I'm I'm reading here. Uh, Jackson could have hauled in a package from Phoenix, including Devin Booker, that would have also netted Laurie Markin in, in the draft. I don't. I am pretty sure Phoenix said no to a Porzingis for Booker trade, and I'm pretty sure that was pretty well reported at the time. Do you remember back during? I thought the... that was more recent than not. But no, I'm, I, this is back when Phil was shopping him briefly yeah, before after I, I the missed it... exit meeting. I thought it had mostly been just around Danny Ainge calling. No, I, I remember they were in talks with, or they there was reports that they had taken calls from Phoenix, or they had called Phoenix, whatever it was. But I believe the reporting at the time was that they had asked for Booker, and Booker was off the table. Well, in any case, I, I do remember that. I just can't remember the timeline. But yes, you are right that um, Gambo. I, I'm blanking on the beat writer for Philly's last name, but I, yes, he did call yeah, for. And, but you know what? At the time. I wouldn't have traded KP for, no. for Devin Booker, so I can't even blame them. All right. Um, we It's funny. Every time we say, all right, we're going to do a 20-minute pod. We're going to keep it at 20 <laughs> minutes. 20 minutes. We end up we end up going longer. Um, but I think it was a, a worthy uh, conversation. So, uh, Jeremy, you're always you're always giving us scouting reports for the next Knicks opponent. Who's the next Knicks opponent? Uh, it's the Detroit Pistons. Oh, boy. So, okay. um, yeah, if you want to learn about them, you can re-watch tonight's game. Or you can poke yourself in the eye. Yeah, that that too. Um, <laughs> that might be a better option. <laughs> no, I should say. No, there was some enjoyment. You know what? That four-minute stretch from Mitchell Robinson in, like, what was it, the end of the first, beginning of the second quarter? Mm-hmm. That was, that was like, a lot of fun. That was cool. It's the little things, Jonathan. It's like, uh... That's that's I, can I do it? That's what she said. Sure, it's your show. Yeah, but I don't know. It's funny. I didn't know about that's what she said until I got to law school, and then <laughs> I heard it, and I was like, and I, obviously I was like, that's hysterical. And they're like, you you've never heard that before? I'm like, no, I've never heard that before. Like, where where have you been living under a rock? Um, and apparently I had been, um, because. Uh, yeah, so to well, me. Have you watched The Office since? Uh, is that where it came from? Oh, oh no! Yes, yes, that is where it came from. You got to watch The Office. No, I've seen several. I've seen like probably a dozen episodes of The Office, and I think it's hysterical. But I did not know that was the origination of that's what she well, said until you just told me. I think that it, if it's not the original form, it certainly brought into pop culture. Oh, there's an entire episode where Michael just can't stop saying. That's what she said. Oh, wow. Well, that was me through law school. And I've actually said it um, in my – in work, which I obviously I work in a school a few times. And you'd be amazed how um, other teachers, um, especially female teachers, will look at you if you say that's what she said in a work environment. <laughs> um, it's, it's often – well, but the look on their faces is often worth it for me. So um, – yeah, that's all I got tonight. All right, Jeremy, anything you want to plug or promote before we go? Uh, yeah, we've got uh, Andrew Claudio and I have something for Thursday right before 
trade deadline day. So uh, look out for that in the morning because it'll probably be moot in the afternoon because <laughs> open for some big moves. Not sure what else other than maybe Von Lee and Matthews, but big move and Canner. Canner is not getting traded. Oh, he's not. But three oh one, I you know buy out, pack your bags. I don't know. I don't care where you go, but you can't stay here. Closing time. It's fine by me. We almost got through the whole freaking episode without saying his name. Well, this is the last time I ever have to say it on this one, so um, that feels good. That feels really good. You know what they should do? They should keep him on the damn team. To the, no, I, I obviously wouldn't <laughs> want that, but how funny would that be? All right, uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for taking the time on this Tuesday evening to uh, record this podcast. Um, we are. We'll see you again. I don't know. Uh, next week, I guess. Right? Yeah, next week they have some games. Yeah, and we'll talk about those games because that's what we do here on the Next Film School podcast. We talk about games at the next play. Um, thank you again for coming on, and of course, everybody out there, thank you for listening. Um, join us again. We actually have a, um, I will say, a special guest coming up later this week. We have a couple special guests in the works. But one that is confirmed for later this week that I think everyone's going to um, enjoy quite a bit. So look forward to that and enjoy the rest of your week. Talk to you soon. Bye.